1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest and very special transfer edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Sam Carroll, today. Uh, Excellent week for Adam Jones and Phil Kirkbaraj, your usual. (laughs) (laughs) to uh, have a bit of (laughs) time off, Um, so we've been kind of muddling along. And today I am joined by Dave Prentice and Paul Wheelock as well. A, a big appearance for you, Paul. Um, couldn't boom there, are you? Or, or do you have Griezmann and Messi posters up in in your bedroom? <laughs> I
1: can't confirm. It's definitely my seven-year-old son Thomas's bedroom, which doubles up as my <laughs> home office as well. I won't move the computer in case I lose it, but uh, on the other side, of the Everton badge is on the as well. So, obviously, i to to Everton and his favorite players.
0: You're, you're lucky enough that the kids are back in school, but you still plodding along with the uh, with the kids at home, Prenno, yeah? I'm
2: afraid so, yeah. I'm not going not to shut them for a long, long time, yet. 125, <laughs> 123, still showing no signs of going anywhere. So, yeah, that won't be <laughs> happening anytime soon.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yesterday was uh, a big day for Everton. We had Alan arriving for his medical. A few hours later, we agreed a fee uh, with Wofford for Abdullah DeCore. And last night, people were kind of picturing James Rodriguez at a very swanky-looking London restaurant, and it, it does feel like James is is very much on his way to Finch Farm, another another man to reunite with uh, with Carlo Ancelotti. But Preno, we'll start with the man who, at the time of recording, so you know, obviously by the time this goes out, things might have changed again. But yeah. at the time of recording, you know, from what we know, you know, he, he's done at least part of his medical seems like we are just putting the finishing touches to, to Alan 29, Brazilian international. He's played in the Champions League. He's won trophies with Napoli. But more importantly, he knows what Carlo Ancelotti wants from a midfield system, Preno. And I don't know how much you've seen of him, but it's got to be an exciting signing, hasn't it?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was uh,
0: I was at the Anfield game where
2: he played uh, for Napoli and... I'd be telling lies, you know, if I said that, yes, he stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, But, you know, he certainly had a very, very effective game. And obviously we've like done an awful lot of research, you know, so since Everton were more strongly linked with him. And uh, he just looks like exactly the kind of player Everton need. Now, whereas Yamez is, in inverted commas, the sexy signing, you know, the guy with the, the 15 million Twitter followers, the guy with the, you know, World Cup top scorers, uh, you know, sort of trophy on his mantelpiece. And, you know, the guy with the, the the flair, if you like, the guy that we're all excited about, I think Alan could be the most important uh, because he's exactly what we need. The, mid- the midfield, as we said many, many times on this pod, isn't really fit for purpose at the moment. Every now and then they produce, you know, something significant. And then go missing, you know, for two or three games in a row. We need consistency. We need yeah. a guy that will get around the pitch and will break up, you know, so opposition moves in the way that Garner Gay did so effectively. And we need somebody that will be a leader on the pitch. And uh, to me, Alan fits or ticks all of those boxes. Uh, he might not be the sexiest signing of the three that you know, so are hopefully, going to be announced sometime soon. But for me, I think he could be the most effective. And uh, he's the guy that we really need badly. And uh, of the three, he's probably the guy that I'm most, you know, sort of pleased about, fingers crossed, being signed in the very, very near future.
0: And, Wilo, we, we've we kind of, you know, we're at, we're at an age now where a lot of talk, and especially, you know, considering Everton's finances over the last couple of years, you know, a lot of fans do like to talk about resale value and, you know, what a player can bring and and ages. Alan is 29, but he's very much at a sign for the here and now, isn't he? Is And do you think really, you know... Carlo was asked a lot about the midfield last season and, and you know didn't really criticise them too much. He'd always said he wanted to to add a bit of energy to that midfield. But it's quite clear, isn't it, that he wanted someone who he trusts, who he knows, and as Ceno's saying, ticks all the boxes for what he wants in his midfield.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's we going forward, we do have to follow the model that Brands has, has kind of set out to this club in terms of bringing young players like Richarlison, Dean in hopefully go on for great things at Everton but if the worst happens they move on and we make a lot of money out of them like we did with someone like Lukaku. but I think as everyone knows listening to this podcast the, the midfield as they rightly said is not fit for purpose and, and you rightly said as well Sammy did give him a chance he didn't make a move for anyone in January and the performances by and large were not good enough particularly post lockdown and particularly in those last four or five games of the season Southampton Wolves Bournemouth it was quite clear we need something here and now and we were, we were saying in Inferno before we started recording, like yeah, he's obviously got quality. Alan, you can see that from his CV and his track record. But hopefully, he'll bring that leadership as well, because we're in desperate need of leaders in that team. And the fact that he's done it for a big club in Napoli, and certainly in recent years, one of the top clubs in Europe, gives me a lot of hope. Really, so yeah, I do think long term we have to kind of stick to that policy. But you know, we've got ground to make up here. You know, we've all wanted to get into that top You look at clubs like. Leicester and Wolves, and even last season, Sheffield United. We finished 12th last season, so let alone get into that top six or seven where we need and deserve to be. We've got to, there's a few teams ahead of us we've got to get past as well. So I think the way we're going about it this summer is the right thing. We need that kind of quality, leadership experience, and, and he certainly ticks all those boxes.
2: I, th- I think it's significance as well. In the you know, Alan and Yamas Rodriguez are two players that Carlo Ancelotti has worked very closely with. He trusts them. He knows what they're going to bring uh, to the table. He's given the number of players in that squad plenty of opportunities already. You know, in the uh, five, six months, whatever it is, you know, so since he took over as Everton manager, they've had their chance, and a number of them haven't delivered or haven't delivered consistently enough. Uh, so he's gone to two players that he has worked with. Uh, he knows that will deliver consistently. And he trusts them. So, you know, if, if he's, you know, so sort of worked hand-in-hand hand with these players and he's seen what they've got to deliver and he trusts them, so should we. So I think that's quite significant.
0: And, and to stick with you from on-print, what do you think, you know, anyone who has Twitter or reads our uh, transfer blog each day, there's a lot of Lagazes and, and Calcio Mato's who, you know, at the start this, Alan Chase was quoting fees of 30, 40 million. Looks like we've kind of made a breakthrough for around 20, 22 million. Um, good business by Marcel Brands? Do you think Marcel Brands deserves a little bit of credit for, for this? And obviously if we negotiate a deal for decore around 20 million as well as that, are they finances that you kind of accept?
2: 100%. They both sound like quite prudent deals as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Um, in the past, you know, we have spent huge sums of money on, you know, so sort of players that we hope to be massive, massively significant to the football club and thinking of, you know, so obviously, Gilfie Sigurdsson the one that always springs to mind, and Yannick Balassi. Um, these are altogether more sensible deals in this. You know, twenty million is not an insignificant sum of money, but you know, there are also players that have got hopefully, you know, so three, two, maybe three, you know, years of effectiveness, you know, so remaining, uh, you know, before we even need to think about the possibility of you know, so resale and moving them on. They're not eye-watering transfer fees. Uh, the fees that you know you think about, yeah, okay, that's probably you know so sort of quite sensible, given the financial you know climate in which we're working at the moment. Um, you know you've got to do that. Uh, you can't be doing what well, other football clubs appear to be like you know so Chelsea, and uh, you know so maybe Manchester City in the future, but you know so clearly we're not in the same financial situation as them. So we have to be altogether more sensible. Do the shadow across the park are showing that you know so they're keeping their powder very much dry at the moment and using the financial climate uh, as a reasoning for that as well so yeah i think uh, you know sort of massive ticks and marcel brands you know sort of cv for that i think he's uh, he's driven a hard bargain uh, he's got two sensible deals lined up and especially when in fact it's considered it's Watford that we're having to negotiate with as far as Abdullah DeCore uh, is concerned. And, you know, so a club that's never been shy at trying to shaft us in the past for obvious reasons and will certainly not do us any favours whatsoever in the transfer market. So, yeah, he's had to be, you know, so quite uh quite shrewd and quite quite slick in his negotiating on both those players.
0: And, Paul, when it was kind of, you know, Ronald Koeman and Steve Walsh in charge and it, it fell apart a little bit, you know, a lot of fans had the kind of discussion, didn't he? Was he a walsh sign and was he a koeman sign and was he a bit of both do you think you know Alan and Hammers? The answer is pretty obvious. We went for DeCore last summer. You know we wanted to join Everton. It just felt like a deal couldn't quite be agreed under Marco Silva. But it does definitely feel, doesn't it, like Carlo is having a big pull and a big say in these deals. Do you think that's the that's the right move after what you witnessed at the at the back end of last season with some you know pretty horrendous performances?
1: I just don't think you bring Carlo Ancelotti to your football club and <clears throat> not give him a major say in yeah. transfers, which all managers should, but particularly someone like Ancelotti. And from the outside, it appears that, you know, Brands and Ancelotti are working pretty well. The, the fact it sounded like we were interested in Hoiberg from Southampton and that didn't come off because he went to Tottenham. But if our recruitment departments have looked at the Corley over a longer period of time, I'm sure they've taken it to a, into Ancelotti, and Ancelotti's had the, the final say or had a huge say in it because why wouldn't he? He's, a, he's our manager, and not only that, he's a world class manager as well. So, yeah, the only diff, the, the big difference to me compared to that summer we're talking about is it, it didn't look like there was a strategy that summer. How many number tens did we buy? You know, we never bought an out and out centre forward to replace Lukaku. Good thing about it, this is sometimes. I think all supporters have been like this is something. you go the game and sometimes you think God is the manager seeing what we're seeing here you know when regards to subs or signings what's really heartened me about like these free signings or potential signings is the fact that Ancelotti's clearly seen what the rest of us have seen and said we need quality leadership in midfield and we probably need a bit of magic as well because there were certain games if we couldn't get like Dominic Calvert Lewin into the game or Richarlas was off the ball. Sigurdsson wasn't providing that unless it was from a set piece and I think Rodriguez will do that. To me, it, it seems like the singing from the same him, she's from the outside at the moment. Hopefully that's the case. But to, to answer your question, no problem at all with what's happening. I'm almost impressed
0: by you know the end of the season when Carlo was asked about the midfield. He was always pretty coy and pretty you know, positive about it. As we were talking about before we kind of came on, I know Hammers can play in a couple of different midfield positions, but even, you know, if you just count Alan and Decore, then, you know, you've still got Delft, Davies, Gomez, Sigurdsson, Jabaman to come back. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of lads in that midfield, isn't it? Does that kind of prove to you that, you know, de- as Guilo saying, deep down Ancelotti was kind of going home from these Wolves matches and Bournemouth matches and thinking, bloody hell, something has to, has to change here. But it's quite clear, isn't it, that in the money we're investing and we're backing in them that he has quite clearly said this needs to this needs to change and fast.
2: Oh, yeah, are 100% you know it's it's a mindset as much as a quality thing as well. You saw it as recently as the Blackpool friendly. You yeah. know, where, you know okay, it's only a friendly match, but it doesn't matter. You know, you're 3 weeks away or 2 weeks away from the start of a new Premier League season When I mean, players should be running through jumping through hoops to impress the manager. And, and the Noss and his body language on that touchline showed how disgruntled he was so he's gone he's done something to address that you know so he's brought uh, fresh talents in and apart from the actual impact that'll have on the pitch on match days, it's what it does on the training pitch um, on a daily basis whereas players are turning up for work and they're seeing new faces who basically have run well are quite likely uh, to replace them uh you know in the starting lineup you've got to produce a little bit more then you've got to be a little bit harder you know so you've got to give absolutely 100 in every training session uh i'm not suggesting that you know so not every player hasn't been doing that well you know there have been rumblings in, in, the, in the not too distant past about uh, you know so some players uh, demeanor you know so during training sessions uh, we're going back of course to a player who's no longer at the club anymore or two players who are no longer at the club anymore um morgan Schneider and kevin morales um, but, you know, clearly, you know, Carlo Ancelotti wants to shake things up and wants to change things. And so he's gone ahead and done that. That then obviously leads itself onto the fact that we are top heavy now. There are far too many midfielders at the club. Um, so it looks like some of them are going to have to be moving on. And we've spoken before on this pod, Gylfi Sigurdsson appears to be the most vulnerable, uh, you know, so to any you know sort of likely shake up, and saddens me a little bit because I like him in terms of the quality, you know, sort of that he brings. But equally, he doesn't fit into the uh, the system of the formation that you know Ancelotti wants to go forward with. So I can understand why he would be considered expendable. But one player's probably not enough. There are probably other players that may need to move on as well if the players that he's bringing in, and you'd imagine they would, are going to feature more, you know, regularly. And it's also what's he going to do you know so with his system now because we're already yeah. playing you know so a football manager and trying to guess and second guess who's going to play and where and the one player that doesn't you know if you're going to play Decorey and Alan in a starting lineup where does andre gomez fit in and uh, you know see he has absolute quality and i like him so much and I, I sort of <clears> guess that angelotti does as well um so you know it's going to be really intriguing to see you know so who he uses and how and where everybody fits into this jigsaw
0: it also before we do move on to you know hammers and Decorey, Paul, but it's not just sentiments at risk, is it? Because as Preno was saying, there uh, I saw a quite uh, a quite sexy team being posted by a fan last night, and it was kind of Gomez, De Allen in the middle, James, Richarlison on the flanks of a three front three, and calvert Lewin up front. But then that even begs the question: Alex Awobi, Theo Walcott, you know, are these lads safe as well? You know, it, it there's there's a lot of people who might be looking at these transfers and thinking, you know, my place in this squad has, has dramatically changed today.
1: I hope, as I said at the moment, it has the desired effects and they come back with all guns blazing and, and with a point to prove. because, let's face it, probably 75% of that squad, certainly in those last 9-10 games, should be coming back with a, a point to prove. And that's why it was so disheartening seeing what happened in Blackpool in those first 10 minutes. But to give them their credit, if you can, in that situation, they did they, they come back to force a draw. But yeah, you're completely right. You've, you've got Gabamin to come back as well. It, it's, from what it sounds, listening to this podcast and reading what we do at the Echo, he's very highly rated, obviously, but he's had rotten luck with injuries, so there's 4 centre midfielders and then you've got Tom Davis as well, He's obviously still a prospect, his, his form has slipped, there's no question about that, but you wonder whether the club would want to move on one of their own, particularly when they gave him a new contract, so yeah, you could well be right, maybe we'd be looking at a, a formation change, because Carlo was kind of stuck to what Duncan did when he came in and, and kind of changed things I've been around and played four in, in the middle, but yeah, if we've now actually gone from like Color opposites, haven't we? From maybe not having much quality in the center the field to maybe having three or four really good options there. So, yeah, maybe you walk out to Woby. so maybe even Bernard. I don't know Phil did a, a column on Bernard recently. I, yeah, like a couple of the center They the fielders, they may, might be a bit uneasy at the moment.
0: And Preno <laughs> is someone we know more about than obviously Alan. Um, you know, as, as Phil. Kirkbride wrote a couple of weeks ago, you know, Everton have been interested for, you know, a, a decent amount of time, you know, spanning back to last season. And as you have pointed out, Wofford are kind of famously tough negotiators. But late last night, or sorry, early in the evening last night, even, you know, a, a fee in the region of, of 20 million was agreed with Watford. We, we've seen him and he's, he's kind of impressed the overall in the Premier League. Do you think we're kind of getting that? A Drissa Garner Gay replacement a year later. You know, obviously, it was the player we hoped Jean Philippe Jabaman could become, and, and obviously, you know, just such unfortunate luck. But do you think finally, with this signing, we're, we're getting a Premier League made ready replacement for Garner that maybe we should have fought harder to get last summer?
2: I'm not so sure he's a like for like replacement. I think Alan sorry, Alan, as you just said, so <laughs> is, uh, is probably, you know, sort of the closer uh, to in style of play um, to Gay. To me, Decore just adds a little bit more presence and a little bit more stature in that midfield area. Um, he's obviously. A defensively minded midfielder who can break things up. But his first season at Watford, he had a very good goals record as well. Uh, that's held off a little bit uh, over the last uh, season or two, uh, but he is capable of doing that. So I suppose it all depends on uh, you know, so where Ancelotti decides to use him in his midfield three or four, or is he, you know, whichever system he decides to go with. That, this season's going to be so intriguing to see how they line up against Tottenham because I know we've had a pre-season friendly at Blackpool, the one this weekend. Uh, basically it doesn't really count, I don't think, because so many players are away on international duty anyway. You know, we've got three goalkeepers that are away on international duty, so, you know, a youngster's likely to, to keep goal in that game. So we're not going to be able to read too much between the lines in that one. So it's almost be like a real surprise that opening afternoon at, at Tottenham when we see the starting lineup and we see you know, those other players who are in there and we see the system. Hopefully it'll take Tottenham by surprise. It'll probably take us by surprise. So there's, there's so much to look forward to now. From having been Fairly disappointed and frustrated only two or three weeks ago. There's a little bit of a sense of you know, sort of excitement beginning to build again now. And it's amazing what two or three signings will do, but it does that. It just it has you looking for. I was saying to Paul before we started this pod, they pull you back in again, don't they? They disappoint you. They leave your fat on the floor, and then they lure you back in again, and you're beginning, you're beginning to get that. Feeling again. You're really looking forward to the, the opening day now at Tottenham. And all right, it's an empty, you know, sort of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That's disappointing, but it's on telly. We'll be able to see it. So, you know, you're starting to get excited again about the possibility of watching Everson play again. And uh, these signings have done that.
1: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's
1: next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at
2: bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: And as Preno points out, Paula, if you're Tottenham, you do go, don't you, from a couple of weeks ago thinking... You know it's ever and you know we were we were pitiful the last time out and that was only a few months back now they're going to be looking this time next week we could have the three lads confirmed and in training if you're jose mourinho and harry kane and then you're not really going to want to be coming up against the midfield of Alan Decore and james rodriguez on the opening day are
1: right? no it just puts us back on the map a little bit doesn't it with the kind of the wider game you know particularly the rodriguez signing because there is a danger. We've clearly got an ambitious owner now. We've got an ambitious manager. We've got an ambitious fan base. We, as fans, more than anyone, know how big this club should be and, and is. You know, but the fact that we finished was 12th last season, and we've had quite a few third, third mid-table finishes over the years recently, certainly under Machete. And, like, we've had some big signings. But these three, particularly, the... the you know, Rodriguez may be coming with a bit of a point to prove, but everyone knows he's undoubtedly quality. And Alan Decoray, right, you know, you even see, like, say, Liverpool fans. I know Jan Moldy over the years, when he's done columns, has spoke about how highly rated Decore is. And I know Ian Doyle one of our Liverpool writers, was saying how big a deal it was getting Decoray in for such a price last night. It's, it's, it's I think that some of these signings are capturing the imagination. and Hopefully that, that, that sounds mixed to the wider football and world kind of thing. You know, that Everton are ambitious and they want to be much much better than 12th in the table, so yeah, hopefully we'll get a surprise on that day at, at Tottenham, but yeah, we certainly, we need to play better than we did towards, than we did there at the back end of last season, but no, it's just, as Breno said, it's really exciting, which is, it's crazy, because a week ago, I was sitting despondent.
0: From what you've seen, the, uh, from what you've seen at the Corley, Paul, you were are you a, a De Corley fan?
1: Yes, definitely, uh, I think, I was at the game at 2-2 at home, and uh, Dean rescued a point, didn't he, he with the last kick of the game, and I remember just me and my dad watching the game that night. And I was just amazed by the, the power of Watford's midfield. They were just so like big and muscular and strong. and they, they basically overrun us then. And, uh, every time we seem to have come up against the core, he's impressed. He's, he's box-to-box. I was looking at some of his goals last night. He got a crack against Brighton towards the back end of last season. I, I think, yeah, I'm with Dave. Hopefully, Alan's the more guy character because we've missed him like dreadfully in the same way that we probably missed Lukaku you know he's, he's been that big a miss uh, but again we still we've still been lacking a, a goal scorer from midfield haven't we someone who could maybe even get like six or seven and looking at the corey stats I don't think that's that's beyond
0: I'm moving on to the final part
1: of
0: our, of our three-part transfer special Preno we come to you know the I don't think there's any doubt that James Rodriguez is a is a genuine football superstar I mean it's a man who you know, six years ago, was top scorer at a World Cup. He's got, you know, 60 million followers, I think, across the social media channels. Real Madrid have, have spent £60 million on him. He's won La Liga's, Champions League's, Bundesliga's. Uh, an absolutely massive sign. And he's, he's he's 29, but how exciting a deal is it for Everton? And when was the last time they had a player kind of of his prestige in, in the ranks?
2: It's been a long time. I mean, you could argue maybe Samueletto, you know, so was was that stature, that level of player, but he was significantly older at the time, I think, when he signed. Yeah. Um, It's often been the case in the past when when Rooney returned to the football club, you know, he was certainly, you know, not the player he had been in his absolute prime at Manchester United. And Paul Gascoigne and David Ginella, you know, were shells and faded shells of the players that they had been. Um, So, Yamez okay, you know, so his peak year was clearly 2014, you know, so when he commanded such a huge transfer fee to go to Real Madrid, having been top scorer in a World Cup, and he's done okay for a few seasons at Real Madrid. Last couple of seasons, he's not featured as regularly, but 29 is not, you know, so a faded shell of a player as, you know, so Gascon and Ginela both were when they came. So that's why there is a reason to be altogether more excited about this one. And, you know, Aware of the fact that only a week or so ago on the podcast I introduced a few caveats about Rodriguez, the uh, the number of games he played last season for Real Madrid really only played in Copa del Rey games basically. I think he only scored one goal during the course of the season, um, but he's 29 and still has you know a lot to offer, and that quality doesn't disappear anywhere. And his record season by season. He scores goals, uh, you know, sort of from midfield. And that's what we've lacked, as we mentioned in a couple of minutes ago. Um, we're not quite sure where he's going to play, possibly off the right. And, and if he does, you know, so he's capable of doing that, cutting him and scoring goals. And so had something that we don't have. But he also, as Paul mentioned earlier, he just brings Everton into the consciousness of the footballing public at large. He's a, he's a, he's a superstar and people all over the world will be interested in him and where he's going. And it's like, Everson Football Club, you know, so why is he signing for them? They see that Ancelotti's in charge. And it just creates a little bit of a buzz about Everson Football Club and makes the possibility of other players uh, coming to the club in the future uh, more likely. Uh, it's an important signing uh, in terms of the quality that, you know, he brings onto the pitch. And equally, in terms of what he does for Everson, you know, I hate to use the phrase as a brand, but, you know, so the interest he will generate around the world in Everson Football Club. Um, of the three players, uh, the other two are possibly more important in terms of what they bring on the pitch. But Yamas is the more exciting of the three. You know, he's the guy that, you know, so will raise eyebrows around the world. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a great signing. And, you know, so all three bring something a little bit different. And uh, I'm excited about all three, to be perfectly honest.
0: And to, to stick with you for a moment, is the exciting thing about Hammers as well that, you know, for the way Everton currently are, you know, we, we can't offer European football or anything like that. There's rumours, you know, unconfirmed, obviously, that he might even be taking a pay cut to to come and join. It definitely seems, doesn't it? In both the case of Alan and Rodriguez, they want to come for Ancelotti, and they want to be here to play for Everton, and, and I feel like that is is massively important. A hundred percent. You you can't underestimate the
2: the status and the standing that Ancelotti has in football. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at you know the, the players he's worked with. You look at some of the previous players you've you know spoken about him. You know he's got huge respect. You know, I remember when he came to Everton Football Club? You know, so people at the time, uh, you know, pundits who should know better, uh, you know, asking why they want to go there. He's never going to come to Everton Football Club. Well, they were wrong. He did, and uh, there are plenty of players out there that raise him so highly. They want to work with him. Uh, you know, clearly that's. Entirely why Yama Rodriguez, you know, is coming here. Um, You know, he's not at the stage of his career yet where he's looking for one last payday. Where he's looking to, and if he's taking a pay cut, clearly that isn't the case at all. He's coming because he believes in the manager and he knows what the manager can do for his game. Uh, He will play him regularly. He will hopefully bring the best football out of him, and we'll see the kind and the level of performances that we saw three, four years ago from him. Uh, there's obviously a great relationship at play there. But yeah, it's absolutely 100% the reason why he's coming to Emerson is because he's got Carlo Ancelotti's. He, You know, he, he, he rates Carlo Ancelotti, you know, so he respects him. Alan, to a lesser degree, you know, so English football, you know, so obviously means an awful lot to him. But equally, he wants to work for Carlo Ancelotti. We can't underestimate, you know, how significant uh, a managerial appointment that was. We've had a lot over the last few years, and uh, we were very, very excited uh, about Ancelotti's appointments. And this underlines again why we were right to be excited.
0: And Hammers is the the right age, isn't Paul? To he's going to go straight into this team, and really, he's, he's going to be a he's going to be a focal point. He's going to be a main man. Uh, but that's exactly what we need, I think, at the moment, isn't it? And, you know, it says a lot that Carlo Ancelotti, this will be his, his hat trick of of San And Hammers. he's clearly a big fan. And, you know, you do think back to that 2014 World Cup where he was the top scorer. He's quite consistently scored goals throughout his career. And I can't really remember the last time, you know, maybe gilfie Sigurdsson obviously had that kind of good season under Marco Silva. But we haven't quite had that midfielder. who you just know is going to bring that little injection of goals. And if he, if he can do that, then is really whatever they've been crying out for from whatever position Carlo kind of seems
1: fit to use. Massively, mate. Yeah, you look and you look at his numbers in his season uh, under Ancelotti at Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, and they're really, really encouraging. You can focus on the negatives uh, in terms of recent years, in terms of the lack, lack of games and goals he scored, but. Let's face it. He's not the he's not the only person currently at, at Real Madrid who's getting frozen out By Zidane. I was watching an interview on Sky Sports before with Gareth Bale, and you could you could tell he was in a similar boat to Rodriguez. He was he was very coy with his words because of, of course you wouldn't come out and say I want to leave because i saying to Gareth Bale. Well, let's throw him in there. Yeah. You take him on the, the left or the right, wouldn't you? up <laughs> <laughs> top. but no. You know, he's clearly very good footballers in there. Uh, who. For whatever reason, Zidane or the powers that be in Real Madrid want to freeze them out. So, what I said earlier that Rodriguez has got a point to prove, I didn't mean in respect of his ability because, let's face it, top score at the World Cup, play for Bayern, uh, Real Madrid, Monaco, Porto, <laughs> doesn't need to uh, prove a point to anyone. But surely he will be coming here just to, to remind everyone just like what a superstar he is. And as you rightly say, uh, Sam, he, he, I imagine... Uh, Everton are going to build a team around him. And I think I totally agree with, with Dave, what you say about Decore and Allen. They're the more important signers because we need to overall that midfield. But if we've got two midfielders who can get about the park and win the ball back, I'm pretty sure one of their main jobs will be to get uh, half the ball. And yeah, we, <laughs> we only have to look at the highlights package here. And he's got a dream with a left foot, hasn't he? You know, he can score, he can assist. And yeah, it's it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: And just to finish there, there was a little bit of you
1: know,
0: his injury, but Andre Gomez, I don't think hit the heights last season that we'd expected. And okay, look, what a horrible injury. And, and he's done so well to come back. Now. But, Preno, you know, a, a lad who's played for Valencia, played for Barcelona, played in the Champions League. If Carlo does find a way to fit them all in, do you think we could also now be seeing the best of, of Andre Gomez now playing alongside, you know, and no disrespect to the lads who are at Evan at the moment, but Gomez, Allen. Decore, Rodriguez, Richarlison, Cavalier, and he's finally got the players around him who could really make a player like him tick and bring the best out of him, couldn't
2: he? I'm hoping so because uh, when he first arrived, he, we were so excited about uh, the quality he was bringing to that midfield, but the balance was wrong, you know. So he produced fitful performances because he wasn't really given, you know, so a platform on which to express those skills. He was asked to do elements of the game which possibly weren't natural to him Uh, if he fits into the same midfield as two players who I don't want to use the word water carriers because they're not water carriers They're more than that but they do they they will give him you know a bit of a platform on which he can do what he does best which is play forward passes into dangerous areas which can open up defenses uh, which can you know create more um, he didn't do that often enough. You know, we saw flashes of it at times last season, but not enough. When he first arrived at the football club, you know, so we saw that a lot more. So again, it's the knock-on effect. You know, so not just what these two players bring on the pitch, it's what they bring on the training pitch and what they can then do. You know, sort to the players who are already at the uh, the football club, and hopefully we'll see you know a better quality on Andrés next season. It just looks like a better balanced unit we don't know how that balance is going to work yet because we don't know you know as you said earlier what lineup carlo manchalotti is going to select you know so how he's going to fit those players in but it just feels like we could see uh, a much better Andre gomez next season and that excites me you know so how many times have we used the word excitement um you know so during this podcast which underlines you know so how the evertonian mood set uh has changed so much just over the last uh, few days it's it's it, it's really good, you know. So it, it's a good week to be an Everton supporter at the moment.
0: And Paul, I'll, I'll finish with you. I think quite interesting. Uh, your son Thomas has kind of grown up with a bit of a, you know. I had the David Moyes era. Preno had the, you know, when we formed in 1878 You know, Prento seeing yeah. those glory days for Everton of the of the eighties. I had some boss times going to Goodison with my dad and, and the Moyes teams, although we didn't win anything. But well, you've been taking in the game for some pretty miserable matches, <laughs> some pretty miserable seasons. For, for someone his age, how exciting is it when he's kind of seeing us about to sign players like Alan and Rodriguez? And, and, and do you think that's a, a big thing now that signing these lads, you know, that this next generation of supporters could be witnessing the most exciting kind of mo- modern part of Everton's history?
1: Yeah, it's the Hammers one in particular. It's like he was talking about signing James Rodriguez before we signed him, so we should definitely get a fan this fee if he's uh, if been speaking to the Anthony recruitment department. He absolutely loves him because he's part of that generation of you know youngsters like FIFA playing generation, and he's a superstar. As, as Breno rightly said earlier, he's he's an actual superstar, and it's it is tough being. Well, he's seven, coming up to his eighth birthday, and like plays football and understandably at this moment in time, there's a, a lot of focus on our neighbours across the park because they've just had this wonderful couple of seasons with them. It just gives Evertonians of all ages that boost, that, you know, that remember. Yeah, has it as it worked out for Mishiri? No, it hasn't particularly over these last four or five years. But clearly his ambition is still very much intact. And just signing people like Rodriguez, it allows you, if, as a youngster, when they're going back to school now, 7-8, to put your... Put your chest out almost, kind of thing, you know, and like you might be getting sick about because they're not seeing each other for, for a while and about like what Little have of War and what Everton haven't done. But you know, to be able to go out there and say, Listen, we're signing a player who's not scored the World Cup, who's currently on Real Madrid's, but played for Bayern Munich is a big thing. And I, I think, the yeah, Plano's had it completely right. It's like a statement, and isn't it? I think people who go to the game know that Alan and the Corey were absolutely essential. We needed two in there, and this feels like a bit of a an expensive cherry on the top all those kind of thing. I just it's it's the one, it just really just fires the imagination what he you could do with the club. It's, it's massive where you can get him.
0: And the only disappointment <laughs> is to be able to getting to speaking to you at the start of the season. That, that is immensely frustrating. You know
2: how excited I am? We've been talking about Yamas, we've been talking about Decore and Alan and literally two minutes ago the official James Bond account has just tweeted me to tell me the wait is nearly over, watch the new trailer <laughs> for no time to die. So three top class signings and James Bond tweet me life doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> the, the, the only downside is yeah, we can't actually physically see these players and the, we can get to see James Bond in the pictures in November, but we can't actually physically get into Goodison to watch these players. I mean, again, I was talking to Paul before we came on air. Uh, uh, you know, so some Football League clubs are talking about uh, a 40% admission rate maybe by uh, October, November. I think Blackburn are hoping to do that. Um, it's going to be difficult, we know that, because, I mean, our uh, season tickets, you know, fan base alone is at 30,000 plus. And so, how do you make that decision? How do you decide to, you know, sort of Separate seats and arguably split families apart. It's going to be a real headache uh, for the powers that be to decide how they're going to do that. The sooner it happens, the better. That's the only downside that, yes, we're excited about these potential signings. I say potential because they're not quite done yet. But, you know, so we can't physically see them, you know, so in the flesh just yet. But the first two games are on television, so we can see them. Uh, So, you know, let's just enjoy it by proxy, you know, so if we like for the time being and just hope that they have the impact that, you know, so we believe that they can have.
0: Well, lads, thank you very much for joining me. Hopefully, uh, next time we're talking, we've got three lads all confirmed as Everton players, and we've got the uh, we've got the picture with contract Dave in the uh, <laughs> in the back. <laughs> what we're all currently waiting for. But very exciting times. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening, and we will be back in the next couple of days with more on Alan Hammers, Abdalaziz Corey. and at the moment, who knows what else could spring up in the in this Everton summer. We've also got a game on Saturday. Uh, Everton at home at Goodison against Preston. Our man Adam Jones will be inside the stadium as well. So tune into the Liverpool Echo website. We'll have live updates to that all day. And if you're lucky, we might even get to meet one of the new signs for the first time. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Dave and to Paul. Uh, Phil and Adam will be back next week. But thanks for tuning in. See you all soon.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.